until the time that he was traveling, had brought forth the raiment, and his brethren shall return unto the children of him, and he shall he shall stand and feed and strength of the Lord in the majesty of the name of the Lord in his God, and they shall abide. For how shall he be great to the end of the earth? And this man shall be the peace with the Assyrian, and shall come into our land, and then he shall tread in his palace, and then shall we raise against him seven shepherds and eight principles of meat. May both teeth bless the reading of the word. Let us pray, O Father, we come to you this morning. Let us forgive us of our sins, transgressions, and our hate. Lord, we invite you in, knowing you don't need an invitation. Lord, we ask you to come in right now. Lord, we ask you to bind down anything that's not of your will and your way. Lord, we, let you, we ask you to just let everything be done decently and in order. Lord, we ask you to just stand in us and keep us. Lord, and let us come and praise and worship your name. Lord, let us lift up your son Jesus. Lord, because you said, if I, brought, if I be lifted up, we'll draw all men into me. Lord, we pray for a thank you for another day. Those that are on their way, we will try to embrace and arrive in mercy. Lord, for those that don't make the coming this morning, Lord, we ask you to visit them this morning and stand with them and let your will be done. For those that are bereaved this morning, Lord, let them not lean on to the old understanding, but lean on you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you let us come <coughs> another day. Lord, for those that are behind prison walls, Lord, let them fall upon their knees and ask what must they do to be saved. And Lord, for those that are behind prison walls and they know who you are, let them fall upon their knees and ask to be forgiven of their sins. Lord, we're grateful and we thank you for everything you've done and made possible for us. We truly are grateful, Lord, and we say thank you for your son, Jesus. Lord, we ask you to stand with the man today to come up. Bring your word. Let it be of your will and your way. Let it bring one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Lord, we ask you to hide it behind the foot of the cross. Let us not see Michael. Let us see that you are anyone, Lord. Lord, we say thank you. We say thank you that you let us be able to have food in our stomach, clothing on our back, and shelter over by hand. Lord, we ask you to expand the territory of this church, mentally, spiritually, financially, and physically. Lord, we ask you under the sound of our unbound voice, we just say thank you. And again, we ask to be forgiven of our sins and let us walk in a new way, in a new life. And let somebody be pricked this morning, Lord, and let them know that you are still with us, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord, I always pray this day and forever. Church, say amen. Thank you. 
In the house of Lord, good morning, everybody. Amen. Thank you. 
Lord, we ask you to watch over Deacon Prentice and his family and the Prentice family. Lord, we ask you to watch over Jerome Crutcher and his family. Lord, Sister Marie and Sister Della, the deputy and Mother Lord, strengthen them because right now they need you more than anything. Let this family come together and be on one accord. Lord, let this family stand strong and bear their mother. Lord, let them come together and become stronger and closer with one another. Lord, I ask you to watch over Sister Irene and Mr. Hope. Lord, we ask you to watch over Arthur Craft right now. Strengthen him, Lord, because the devil's busy, Lord, because he needs you right now more than anything. Lord, we ask you to watch over Deacon Stewart and Sister Connie Stewart and that man. Lord, we look under the weather this morning, but Lord, we know that you are doctor Paul doctor. Lord, I ask you to watch over my friend again and kick. Lord, as his shot may burn to the ground, Lord, you may away from him and deliver sometimes. Lord, we ask you to watch over the loved ones. And Lord, we ask you to watch over the loved ones in this church. Lord, we ask you to watch over the Williams family because they had a death in their family. Lord, we ask you to watch over Anthony Williams because it's time, Lord. Watch over him and his wife. Strengthen him, he's in a lot of pain, Lord. But Lord, we know that you are healed and affectionate. Lord, we ask you to watch over Ruth and Allen. You watch over his family, Lord, and also his wife. Give him strength and understanding. Lord, we ask you to watch over the Haynes family, the Peters family. Lord, we ask you to watch over Reverend Gibbon as his family. Watch over his family, Delaney and Evans, Ohio, Lord, and watch over our church members out of town. Lord, we ask you to watch over Sister Irene Crutchfield. Lord, we ask you to watch over Talia and Dakota. And watch over them and, and let Dakota pay attention to what he's supposed to do so that his body can heal and stop letting him do what he wanted to do. Lord, we pray for those that are not here this morning. Lord, the church has members that's not here. Lord, let them, if they only make them try to grace them around the person. And if they stay home, Lord, visit them at the house. And let them know that you are God that can be anywhere and get everywhere. Lord, we ask you to watch over the children and see the top. Lord, as they go back into the new school year next year, next week, Lord, we ask you to guide them, come and keep them. Let them not be subjected to peer pressure. Watch over these children, Lord, as they go back to their college dorms, Lord. Strengthen them, keep them, and give them trial and grace and arrive and mercy to their destination. Protect them and keep them at all times. Lord, we ask you to watch over Brother Charles Miller and his wife, Nina, and the kids, Lord. Lord, we ask you to watch over Brother James Wilkes. He's on the road. He's doing his job, Lord, and it prevents him from coming to church. But Lord, we ask you to cover him with your grace and mercy. And let no harm or danger come to him, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this church, Lord. Lord, we thank you that for those that are here, those that are on their way, and those that want to come. Lord, we love you. Lord, we ask you to bless this church spiritually, mentally, financially, and physically. Lord, lift it up so that we can give to you. Lord, give us strength because many a time when we, we fall prey to but whatever's not of your will, Lord, we ask you to remove it from us. Lord, bind it down at the doorstep and not let it in. Remove any anger, backbiting, and hurt we have with one another out of our minds, hearts, and spirit. Lord, love on us just a little bit. And let us love on you. Lord, again, we thank you for your son Jesus who died on the cross. And I say thank you, Lord, for just another day. Lord, I ask you to watch over 
for the service of Jesus. The one who makes mediation between our God and our sin. Because that's in our sin nature. This sinful body of flesh cannot bridge that gap by myself. But in the name of Jesus, I have the ability. You have the ability, see? We have the ability to back the music. I bring you greetings this morning from the First Baptist Church, Addison. Dr. John Carroll Travis is on his pastor. But I am his own Which has been a great privilege. To the preachers present this morning, deacons, members, and friends, I am thankful for your presence this morning. In the state of our call in Hebrews 10 and 25, we consider one another in the order to stir up love. And good works. And I forsaken the assembling of ourselves one with another. And the matter is a man like that. Now, church, see the emphasis. Focus is going to be It's not the same situation. God is still about his business. And he rewards the faithful. If you keep on doing what you do, know that he is in the midst of the grand spirit. I'm grateful for this opportunity of fellowship and worship to serve in this capacity of worship with you, my brother Saints. What a wonderful opportunity to have to praise and worship God in the service of God. Now, I make no promises this morning. I will not promise not to take up too much of your time. <laughs> I will not promise to dazzle you with an in-depth knowledge of theology. I will not promise that you will be thoroughly entertained with the message being delivered to you. Some of you may end up bringing up the television. I only promise you this, that God's word will be preached this morning. I have a message from the word of God, for the people of God, those who have ear to hear. Let me hear this. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, merciful Lord, by the God, we, the children of God, the family of thank you for this opportunity. <coughs> We give the best of living for your presence. We come to you, Father, we can see you. Because we are thankful for what you have brought us to It is not an old power that we have come to heaven. It was not because we heard the alarm clock this morning that they woke us from our sleep this morning, but you who touched us with your finger. Day that we have not yet seen before, Father, one that we will never see once it is seen. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity. Life and breath. This chance that lives. No, Father, is exclusively for you. For it was not 
to you, what is the purpose? Why are we here? So we thank you, Father, for this call to worship that is this day. We pray for the word that is God, you keep receiving this message. the word of my mouth, the meditation of my mouth. And be accepted because you are my strength and my redeemer. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Who is it? Amen. Lord's message is drawn from the gospel of Lord and
To be wise is defined by our modern day lexicon. Webster dictionary.com to be associated with the following traits. Having the power of discerning or judging properly as to what is true or right. Being judicious or prudent. Possessing scholarly knowledge or learning. Having knowledge of information over many times. These traits are typically used to be wise in the eyes of others, these are the traits that are used to describe those in whom we set apart from the rest of us with this level of distinction. It is a migrant. We all like to have associated with ourselves at some point in our midst. To be known as a wise person, to come in an age designation, and that you've lived long enough to have gone through enough. And have acquired a knowledge and life's lessons to be a source of information to dispense with those who are still coming up along this journey. We should all want to live long enough to grow, to be old enough to have survived the experiences of life to be known as wise. But in this story, we will see what God has to say about being wise. And how it should be changed relative to our perception, our understanding of what this means in the sight of God to be wise. Because this is the Christmas season. I have drawn to focus on the story of the birth of our Lord and Savior, the King Jesus Christ. And of those that came to worship him. The story of the wise man is a story of mystery, for it presents questions that we don't really know the answers to. From what country or nation did they come from? We don't know. How many wise men came to see the Christ? We really aren't sure. How did they know the Father, the Son? We know for sure because the Bible says that they call it, but we don't know. They just seem to come mysteriously out of nowhere to pay homage to a newborn king and then just as mysteriously came, they were gone. Scripture doesn't give us details, but our traditions have had a heyday with a limited number of limited amount of information in these verses to fill the gaps with what we don't know. Tradition tells us that there were three. That they traveled on camels across the desert with their silhouettes against the night of the sky. Grace the palm trees. That's what tradition says. Tradition gives us their names and what part of the world they held from. They were Casper of India, Melchior of Persia, and Belchazar of Greece. Tradition tells us who they were, where they came from, and how they traveled. We see this in the Tradition continues the story regarding the after effects of Caesar's Christ. That they were baptized by 
they died a death of martyrdom for their beliefs. And that they died to have their bodies buried and preserved at Constantinople. Tradition goes on to tell us that centuries later their bones were moved to the moon. And if you have the price commission, you can see their bones here today. Tradition has told their story in its environment. The only problem with all of this is all based on tradition. There is no proof of any of what tradition teaches. But I am certain about one thing. The number of my wise men and women increase in every generation as more and more people follow what we know about wise men rather than what we don't know about these guys. So this morning, let's concentrate on what we do know about these There are four movements to this selection of text. The wise men step out in faith and follow God. Movement number two, they were wiser than the men of the world. How many men They worshiped and gave gifts. And then they went home. That first move, stepping out of faith and following wherever God leads them. Why were they following the stars? These were wise men, right? So, what was so compelling that they had to follow this star? How did they know of its relevance and importance? The Bible doesn't tell us. All that we know so far is what the Word of God says. That these wise men came from the east. A little more of a study would reveal to us that the empire that existed east of Bethlehem would have been those known as Babylon and Persia. We also know that the Babylonians specialized in astrology, studying stars. We also know that during the Jewish exile, the dead, a faithful problem of the prophet of God, rose in such prominence that it became chief of the wise men of Babylon and the third ruler under Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. Then, when the Persians conquered Babylon, Daniel was appointed to a position of high authority in the King Darius. It is because of this that tradition and the advanced thinking of many scholars and theologians that the wise men of the East had ample opportunity to know the Old Testament scriptures and prophets. It is believed that they were familiar with Numbers, chapter 24, verse, verse 17. Again, this is from that New English language. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not close to him. A star will march forth out of Jacob, and a scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the stone of Lord. And the heads of all the sons of Shem. So, when they saw the star come from Jacob, they were ready to go and worship him, who was to be the wielder of the scepter in Israel, to be the king of Jerusalem, the king of kings and the Lord, 
and look and see. You can do the research for yourself on these traditions and what compels them to go. But for me, it doesn't matter you know, what gap color, space color. You come up with to understand the parts of our system because we got to know the whole story. No, we don't have to know the whole story. What matters to the belief is what the word of God has to say. The wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. That's all we know. They came. Whatever the case, whatever the circumstances, the important thing to know is that they came. All we have to understand here is that they realized what was convicting them in their spirit. And they knew nothing more important than their need to go. Go and see their need to go and see. They were ready to go, to follow wherever God would direct them to go. This for men who probably did not come up with the knowing of God. I'm talking about their personal relationship. They didn't have the benefit of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. Talk to them from the time that they were young children until their current age. Where it reads, you must love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your being, with all your strength. These words I am commanding you today must be kept in mind. And you must teach them to the children and speak this and speak of them. As you sit down in your house, as you walk along the road, as you lie down, and as you get up, they didn't know God. Though is it likely that they had the love, adoration of Him as we do now? So they wouldn't know what you and I know about God. That He has always been faithful in His leading of men. Let's take a look at the history in our Old Testament regarding the faithfulness of our God's name. Did he not lead Abraham, being Abraham, to the land of promise, separated from his father? Did he not lead the children of Israel across the wilderness, providing a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night? Did he not provide them with food when they were hungry? Drink when they were thirsty, and clothing when they were naked, and shoes that never wore out their soul. And now we have a star providing that to lead these wise men, wise men to the place where the Christ child will be. God may not lead us in quite as dramatic a way as the example of the street here. But God promises to lead us, and God always keeps his promise. I've heard it said, the eye of faith is one that is willing to take the next step and trust God to direct that next step. We don't know what tomorrow is. We don't know when we are traveling and traversing through this life's journey. What parable they put on Those of us who are faithful to hope know that we are in this That he holds us in pieces. He said, All that my father had 
Yet our journey of faith always has these characteristics. They must have said the same thing to Abraham when he left earth of Charles to go to the land that God had promised him. They undoubtedly said the same kind of things to Peter, Andrew, James, and John when they left their families and their only occupation to take care of their families, that being a fisherman, to become fishermen of me. Men of faith who have been willing to respond to the challenges of the unknown have heard the same things over and over again. We cannot keep our lives, saints. It is ours for fleeting moments. A favor that appears and then disappears. You have to give up what you cannot keep and again what you cannot keep. I just said something. You have to give up what you cannot keep in your life to gain the salvation that you cannot lose. Indeed, you must be foolish to travel to the unknown with no answers, no reason, no justification, and having figures. These were men who responded in faith. Like wise men in every generation since then, they have always responded. Now, the second group in this text were well, these wise men, the wise men in the world. In this selection of texts, Matthew records that the wise men ended up in Jerusalem at the palace of Herod the king. If anyone knew of the birth of the newborn king in their territory, it would be the king. Right? Wrong. <laughs> they went to King Herod and asked their question. We understand the king has been born. We have followed his star and have come to worship him. Where is he? But according to the text, King Herod knew nothing about it. He should have known. He should have been familiar with the Old Testament prophets. Herod should have had the answer to their question, but he did not. Rather, his position was to find and to kill this new king. He tried to kill the Messiah, the Son of God. But such was the attitude of privilege and power. And woe to anyone, man or child, who would attempt to take away that Herod was a Herod was a woman. He was a mean and callous man. And he was not going to have his kingship threatened by anyone, man or child. But this is God's plan. And it is his divine providence to reconcile man back to himself. Who was Herod before God? Was he the one to disrail God's plan? Was he like a child standing before a locomotive saying, stop? Or was he like a man standing before a hurricane and saying to the wind? Stop blowing. Only one is known for that to stop. And he is the one with the plan. And the one, the wise men, will come and see. You cannot stop God. You cannot stop this Messiah. King Herod, all people, 
should have been first in line to worship the king. Yet he tried to kill Jesus. That's not point. Herod was a wise man in the eyes of the world. Herod had the glory, the power, the prestige, and accolade of the world as king. But he was no wise. Herod summoned the chief priests. They were wise men. They knew the scriptures. They had read what the prophets had to say. They knew the prophecies backwards and forwards. And, and when they were asked about the newborn king, they answered without hesitation. He is to be born. Micah 5, verses 1 and 2 says, Now muster your truth, O Lord Siege is laid against us. With a rod, they strike the judge and Israel on the chief. But you, you, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth. For me, one who is to be ruler of Israel, who's coming forth is from old and from ancient days. They knew it. These chief priests and scribes, they knew this, and they memorized it. Yet even though they knew it, they didn't bother to go and find out. There were wise men there to inquire about the location of this new king. And yet these chief priests and scribes, wise in their own minds, saw it not an importance to embark upon this journey to see this king. world today has a lot of lives According to worldly standards, this may be true. Some have many degrees to stand in great halls of learning. But the Bible still says that a man is a fool, no matter how many degrees he may have, when he says there is no God. Listen to me, saints. I don't care how wise the world may consider themselves. When they say that a virgin birth can't happen, that a sinless life can't be lived, that the resurrection can't be real, then these are not wise men, and you are in the company of fools. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 23. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For well, what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are God's For although they know God, they did not honor him as God. Or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were dark. Claiming to be wise, they became foolish. And exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man. And birds and animals and creatures. The true wise men still don't see the man. And they are wiser than the men. The third movement deals with 
to worship People are worshiping lots of different things. Some are worshiping man, meaning themselves. Others are worshiping things. And all of them are worshiping the wrong thing, whether it is man or thing. But these wise men came to worship What a statement this is. They were from pagan world and worshiped stars and pagan gods. And they came because of their conviction to worship the Christ. And have come to worship the They may have been religious, sincerely, but their lives were untrue. Despite everything they had, all their wealth, all their prestige, all their positions of power, there was a deep emptiness in their lives. Yet, when they came to the house, Saw the child Christ, they worship him. What are you worshiping today? Has it filled you? Are you full after that worship? How long does it sustain you? If you found those attempts to worship something or someone other than the Christ, fruitless, still empty? Well, if it is not the Christ, you will not be forgiven. It will not meet the needs of your life. There will always be an emptiness therein. You will always be unfilled until you can come to where Jesus is and find him for what he is, who he is, and what he has done. He is the ancient of days turned flesh. He is Emmanuel, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, then and only then. The deep volume. When the wise men of worship, when the wise men came to worship, they brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These gifts have given rise to a lot of speculation about their symbolism. Gold represents wealth and balance. Solomon sat on an iron and ivory throne inlaid with gold. Solomon's temple were plated with gold. Obviously, gold represents the love of the new king. Granted, he was born in poverty and he died in poverty. But because he is God's son, all the wealth in the world is his. So gold represents the wealth. Frankincense. Is derived by cutting a slit in a bark of an Arabian tree called Tuscan. The yellow sap has a aromatic fragrance, well pleased, and when hardened, it is used as incense in worship. In so frankincense represents worship, the worship of the Myrrh is a natural gum or resin extracted from. From it, a fragrant perfume is used to anoint dead bodies, to embalm and preserve. Myrrh represents the work and mission of Jesus. He came to die for us, 
on the cross. The death. Gold for the wealth. Frankenship for the worship. And myrrh for the work. I imagine that when these wise men decided to stop, they gathered themselves quickly and they, and they did what they could to make haste to find this new king. Love never really contemplates the symbolism of the gift. Doesn't love just give because it has to? It gives because it must be. And it gives whatever it has available to give and all that it has available. These wives being gay to express their adoration and worship to this new king, Jesus Christ. We need to learn to do the same thing in our life. Christmas is the season of giving and receiving. Both are part of the truth in this Christmas story. The Lord gave his only begotten son, Jesus, who came to give his life so that we might receive his salvation. It is what we're doing things. That's what we do when we follow the command. The command to go and preach the gospel to this world. That they understand the truth in the living of our Lord and Savior Jesus. That he came to die for you. That we may have life and to have it more abundantly because of his earthly sacrifice. He came to fulfill what we could find. Are we truly celebrating and sharing the truth in the Christmas? Or are we letting traditions and customs change? Jesus is the reason. I have no doubt what this means in my life. And I don't mean no harm. I don't mean no harm. And I'm guilty as anyone who has practiced some of these traditions and customs. There isn't enough truth. Santa, Rudolph, reindeer, blue top man. Presents delivered, coming down the chimneys from a house that doesn't have one. <laughs> Having to explain another false truth to sell it to my kids. And the Rationalization of why even in every mall we had a different set of rules. <laughs> and my kid, I'm like, get out. They don't look like the same thing we don't want. That kind of don't look like the one that they had bought. What lies I have most? Oh, those are just the help. They got a help sacrifice. Wow, God. That he could circle the globe in one night and deliver presents to every good little boy and girl. So how do you explain the kids who are going to be here? Isn't it easier to tell the truth? Well, 
Matthew's promise. I feel here saying that he buys and what it buys and all the other buys associated with this Christmas. What is it going to be about? We've taken Christ's mass, reduced it to Christmas, and then take Christ out for the extra. So it's not Christmas anymore, it's Exodus. So we can make it universal enough to apply to everybody. Christianity ain't for everybody. God came so that everybody can eat, but not everybody can eat. Amen. I say to you this morning Merry Christmas. Let's remember the celebration. Now, this fourth the last movement of the text. They departed their own, they departed for their own country by another. They heeded the warning of the angel of God. And not to mention that. Oddly, that they did not fear Herod the king. Given his reputation of being a murderer. They were more fearful of God than of him. And let's say something about these wise men. Men who have come to worship Christ throughout the generations have always gone home. You can't go the same way after worship. You are never going to be the same again after being convicted by God. Saul of Tarsus, the chief sinner against the church. He was willing to kill every Christian to preserve the purity of the Jewish religion. But one day he met Christ at the Master's Roman experience. And he was never the same. Ever the same. He went. What about the faith-backing, hard-living, hard-language-talking, hard-boiled fishing, Peter, Andrew, James, and John? Yet, when they met Jesus, their lives were changed and transformed forever. They never knew their life was the same again, and they went home a different In this Christmas story, when we think of these wise men comparing them to our lives, their life of wise was written in reflection. Reflection. Maybe Matthew called them wise because of their stepping out in faith to travel to a land not known to them, to see a king unknown by them, to present this majesty with gifts of gold, frankincense, and mirth. And to be disobedient to a lesser king that perceived for themselves the free. They follow by faith after a star. Worship the Christ who showed no evidence of royalty or majesty. They gave their gifts fitting for a king and they went home a different king. Uh, what about you? 
in your life today. Once you have had that chance encounter of hearing a still small voice within your head, how? And you answer that call because there's nothing else you can do. You still hear my grandmother say, What I'm going to stall with you. You just keep on drinking. He's talking. When he did come, I had no choice. It was not within my power to tell him. When Peter was addressed by the cross and told him, I will make you fishers of men. Straightway he dropped his nets. He didn't go home and tell the wife, baby girl, I got something like that. I met the man that I've been waiting for all of my life. He said, but I got to put my house in order. Yeah, give me some time. These men got to set things right. People, I got to take care of my people. Get them ready for what it is that I got to do. No, straight away. He called. Andrew, you know old Andrew, the name of Jesus, he said, everybody heard from heaven. In the book, he told him. Takes away the sin of the world. That was all the Andrew had. Straight away, he thought. I'm struggling with this concept of free will. I won't debate. These wise men, for at the end of that journey, you will not come into the presence of another one who will change your life. They followed by faith after the start. Worship the Christ and showed no evidence of royalty and majesty. They gave gifts fitting for his needs and they went home again. Were you caught? That's caught? You came here to worship him this morning, right? You're wrong. Some of you have come seeking. He came saved. We come bearing gifts and material, but he came with a gift. No one should die in eternal death, but to have life eternal. We have permission to go out and to evangelize the gospel. That he was the Lamb of God. That he is holy. 
that he is sinless. That he was without spot or blemish. That he came to die in our place and in our steep. Jesus sacrificed it all so that we might have it all. Not only did he die in laying it down in his life, but he picked it up again with all power in heaven and in earth in his hands. We have life eternal. By the confession of our mouths, we believe in our hearts that he is Lord of Lords and King of Jesus lives. I know my Savior lives. I know he lives because he lives in me. I can face tomorrow, no matter how difficult it might be. My courage, my strength, my Jesus, because he lives. All fear is God. I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The Lord is with me. And I know who holds my future. Of this there is no great assurance. He holds me in the palm of his hand. And because of that, life is worth the living. Because he lives. Who before now has never heard his gifts Calling you to a service greater than you. Jesus said, He said, For in his father's house my many dads And if it were not so, he also said that no one comes to the father but the father. And no one comes to me. This call. This is a convention of Christ that calls you to salvation. Do as a wise man of this Christmas story here, stepping out in faith. For he is Lord of all and King of kings. He has come to build the emptiness within you, and you will never be able to fail. Will you come? Will you